0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, how y'all doing this morning? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? You know, Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you don't have any joy of the Lord, well then you 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 figured out. <laughs> Not my strength. praise God. You know, the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Amen. Did you all bring a Bible with you today? Let's open our Bibles to the first epistle of John. No, not the the second or the third, but the first epistle there toward the back before you get to the book of Revelation. First epistle of John chapter 4, if you can find that opening there in your Bibles, praise God. Hope you all had a good week. Glory to God. Uh, We must have. uh, How many of you didn't get any rain? How many of you got rain? Well, praise God. You can thank God for that because a lot of parts of the country ain't getting nothing. And so we can rejoice in that. Amen. I'll tell you what. Wet is always better than dust. Never forget that. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, every time it rains, I thank God for it. You know, I was praying, actually, and I said, you know, Lord, you cause it to rain upon the just and the unjust. And um, the unjust get it because of his grace. Amen? And um, so, but I'm always so thankful. Praise God. (laughs) Green is better than brown. Amen? I was talking to my neighbor. You know, he's filling up. I've seen him at the uh, Casey's, and he's putting fuel in the in a can i said well i guess i or i i I bet i can guess what it is that you're doing he goes i don't even want to talk about it (laughs) and i said (laughs) i said what's wrong he goes i can't keep up you know and uh, he says i got some of it that's this high and some of it this high i'm gonna mow the whole thing and uh i said well you need astroturf he says i need rocks that's what i need i need rocks (laughs) you know so uh anyway it was kind of an interesting uh conversation let's put it that way praise God y'all ready to receive today let's 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 uh let's position our hearts as we get ready to break the bread of life together and uh let's receive from heaven praise God let's pray together father we uh we love you so much we thank you for everything you're doing within our midst to bring about your plan your purpose in the earth today There's a great reason for us to rejoice, Father, because Jesus is coming again. And not only that, Father God, but each and every day men and women's lives are being changed and transformed through repentance and a commitment to Christ. And so, Father God, we thank you for being a part of that process. We thank you for the privilege we have to be the carriers of life, that, Father, we are both the salt and the light of the world. And so, Father God, we thank you for your grace in every one of our lives. We thank you, Father God, that your grace is always sufficient for us as we carry out your purposes. And so we thank you, Lord, for your blessing today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Last week we shared with you a message entitled The Greater One. I'm telling you, aren't you glad you know the greater one? Amen. Remember Moses, you know, back there, uh, you know, he ran from the will of God. He kind of had an idea what he was supposed to be doing, but he kind of screwed it up because he did it in his own strength. He ended up going, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. He found himself a couple wives. He started working for his father-in-law. And then he was the keeper of uh, Jethro's sheep. And uh, he decided to go out on the backside of the desert. Well, he got up against Mount Horeb, which is the mountain of God, and all of a sudden, he had a burning bush experience. He had an encounter with the great I Am. You know, and the Bible says that, you know, when he's seen it, he said, I, I need to turn and see this great sight and why it is that the, the bush isn't consumed. Well, as soon as he did that, as soon as he turned toward God, how many of you know there's something to be said about you going or moving toward God? He said, if you draw near to him, he will what? He'll draw near to you. So when he turned to go, God spoke to him. When God saw him, turn toward him. So if you've got some questions in your life, if you're wondering about this, that, or the other, maybe it's time to, you know, stop looking around all over the place and turn toward him and ask him what it is that needs to be done. Can I get a witness? Yeah, amen. So he turns, and as soon as he did, the Spirit of God, or actually God himself, spoke to Moses. And he said, basically, I'm going to make a deliverer out of you. And he said, I don't think so. You got the wrong guy. How many of you have ever heard that before? Maybe you've said it. You know, the Spirit of God will speak to you and say, I want you to go talk to them about Jesus. Go, oh, you got the wrong guy. No, he's got the right guy or gal or whoever. We just need to obey. And so, you know, Moses is trying to slither out of this deal. I bet you he probably thought, man, I wish I would have never turned to go look at that bush. But the reality is, is that there was a destiny upon his life. Just like there's destiny upon your life. You say, well, I'm nothing. You're something to him. Hallelujah. You're not a mistake. You're not a, you know, a, you know whatever. You're a purpose in God that he has for your life. And all the more reason for us, praise God, to pursue the will of God within our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah, amen. So anyway, you know the rest of the story. He said, well, you know, if I go and talk to to Israel or even to Pharaoh, he says, who am am I going to say sent me? He said, you tell him I am that I am has sent you. Hallelujah. The great I am, almighty God, glory to God, the greater one. And the Bible scripture that we're reading here this morning from 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Greater, everybody say greater. Greater. greater well, first of all, it says, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. You are of God, little children. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm one of His. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> You're one of His. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater, everybody say greater. Greater Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Glory to God. Everybody say it together. The greater one one. indwells me. Praise God. He's in you. And John is pointing to the fact that the reason that you and I overcome, the reason that you and I can have victory, the reason why you and I can have good success, as the Bible describes it, is because of the greater one who is in us. Glory to God. Such a marvelous, powerful, epic, if you want to call it that. Experience or encounter there is in being born again. To experience the very life and the nature of God. To not only have his life, but to be forgiven of all your sins. To be washed in his blood. You know, only God can do that. I said only God can do that. God supernaturally cleanses us and makes us a new creation in him. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you're born of the Spirit of God, you are a new creation. You're not going to be. You are a new creation. And the Bible says that those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that become born again, Jesus said that he and his Father would come and make their home, listen, in us. In you. Hallelujah. That's why the scripture says you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, <clears throat> when you read the context of this scripture, you, know, you see when it says you're of God, little children, have overcome them, the them he's talking about in that scripture is the false prophets of or the antichrists you know the bible says there are many antichrists same spirit you know the spirit of antichrist that that comes against the church that comes against the believer that comes against christianity that comes against god himself Antichrist. why because christ is the one who defeated glory to god defeated satan and all of his cohorts and made you and I more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. So he says, greater is he that is in you than the false Christ or the false prophets that are in the world. You know, a lot of times people, you know, they, they, I, I, you, you need to look at things in a more comprehensive kind of way. Because a lot of times we talk about false prophets where we usually confine them to to the um, uh, context or the uh, environment of the church. Well, of course, there are, you know, goofed up people that have all kinds of messed up doctrines and they're trying to tell you it's the truth, but it's not, you know what I'm saying, in the church. But, you know, there there are are, are, um, uh, false prophets in the world. You know, the narrative and everything that you hear going on right now, it is being derived from the spirit of anti-Christ. All of it. It may, it may manifest itself in all different kinds of ways. You know, it may be said in this way or that. There are different narratives that they're pushing to try to convince people otherwise. Huh? But thank God, greater is he that's in us than the spirit and the devil that is in them. Hallelujah. Now, so so there's no need as a child of God to be disheartened. Amen? Because why? Because we win. I mean, I don't care what the world says. Glory to God, Jesus is coming again. And I'm going to, you know, occupy until he comes. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I mean, that stirs my heart. Because glory to God, the greater one is in us. And, you know, the reason I'm trying to stir you up a a little bit along these lines is because we're not very conscious of that. We listen to too many of the things that are going on in the world and what everyone is saying and everything that it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. God's got a plan. He's going to win. And I'm a part of his family, so I'm going over too. Hallelujah. You know? You know, I just seen this deal where this uh, gay choir in San Francisco, in their song, they have lyrics, We're coming after your children. I thought, That's the devil. That is absolutely the voice of the devil. But then I said, He ain't coming after mine. Are you listening to me? You decide, parents. You decide. Are you with me? You know what people tolerate, the next generation will embrace. So if you don't stand up and say no, you're going to be in trouble. Are you with me? You need to sit down and talk to your kids about purity about morality, about righteousness, about what is good and just. Are you listening to me? Because if you don't tell them, I I guarantee you the spirit of the world is not going to tell them. With me? So it's nothing to be concerned about. It's just that we have a job to do. And so we, we communicate and we share and we love and we guide and we train and we direct and we move them in the way in which we would have them to go are you listening to me there's a lot of decisions right now that are facing parents big ones about what you're going to do with your kids where our educational system because it's been taken over by the world the the anti-christ spirit is so prevalent So many of the high schools are cesspools, full of the devil. And you hear leadership saying, well, you know, there's just nothing we can do about it. That's not true. Parent, that is not true. You can do something about it. Don't give your kids to the devil. I've watched parents send their kids off to college, and the devil gets a hold of them. And brainwashes them. And tells them, every, that stuff that your parents, it's not true. And so they go off into God only knows what. Are you listening to me? You say, well, that's kind of disparaging. Well, it might be, but the reality is, praise God, that you and I are children of light. So we want to embrace everything that represents that, and we want to guide our k- kids and our family members into that light. I ain't giving my kids to the devil. Are you listening to me? What a lie. There are so many lies in the world today. But again, you have to think about it in a more comprehensive, broader kind of way. Because the world, they're preaching, quote-unquote, their doctrine. You remember when Jesus said, behold, or or beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees, the religious people in the church, and the doctrine of Herod. So there's stuff going on. You listening to me? You don't have to believe that junk because that's all it is, is junk. You know, again, in a broad spectrum or broad perspective, I guess, you know, for many, many years, you know, Oprah Winfrey was the pastor of the whole all of America. You say what? Oh yeah, she told everybody you know what to buy, what books to read, she, you know what was good. This is that, and I tell you what, people go out, man, and do it. Well, you know, toward the latter part of her of that uh, tenure of her involvement with, you know, on television, I remember one time seeing her stand up and say, there are many different ways to God. Well, unfortunately, that's not true. Last time I read the Bible, Jesus said, I am the way. Are you listening to me? But they've influenced people to think in certain ways. And a lot of times all of that junk is for nothing more than because I want to be accepted. So I'm just going to, you know, speak of things in a general kind of way. You know, I don't know what she grew up as. I, you know, I, I kind of think that maybe she was a Baptist, but I don't know. But, you know, over time, if people don't follow, you know, closely, you know, to the things of God, you can get off into error. Man, this is really going a different direction this morning. Hallelujah. And another thing that we need to understand, too. Hey, hallelujah. Uh, Another thing we need to understand, too. um, We're talking about what's going on in the world today. And sometimes we're so naive. But, you know, when it comes to politics... Politics is not about people, a person's ability to govern or to lead. It's about perception. You say, what do you mean by that? It's all about my ability to get you to perceive me as something and for you to buy into that and then start doing what I tell you. Well, if you got a bunch of corrupt, immoral people, that are leading, then guess what you get? Are you listening to me? And the buy-in is unbelievable. But thank God we're not buying in. I said, no, we're not buying in. I said, we're not buying in. Because the greater one is in us, and we got sense enough to know that some of the stuff that's going on in this world is anything but righteous. Is anything but just. Amen. It's designed for one reason and one reason to all. To empower and to enrich those that are in certain positions. Because they don't care about you. Oh, they tell you, you know, by golly, we got your back, and we're going to take care of you, and we're going to this and that and the other. I got news for you. That lie has been being preached for decades, and it is not true. I can take care of myself. I can get my own job. I can make my own living. I don't need somebody else to do it for me. Are you listening to me? But what's happening is, is that people are believing the lie that they have to have an entity to help put them over. And that they've got this or that or the other that is so wrong. And they're now the victims of this, that, and the other. Listen, you are not a victim. You are a victor. Are you listening to me? And I'm not, I'm not opposed, you know, praise God, of giving somebody a, 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 a hand up. But I'm pretty tired of the whole hand out thing. You can't even get people. Why am I going here? You can't even get people to go to work. Some of them are having to now because they're pulling the plug. Pray for these governors. Listen, pray for these elected officials that embrace righteousness. They may not be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but pray for them because they need your prayers. You can't imagine how hot it is in the kitchen where they are. They're having to deal with this whole nonsense. Matter of fact, uh, I didn't get it announced, but not even my staff knows, but if you would like to join me next Sunday night on the 18th here at the church at six. We're gonna pray. All right. We're gonna pray for our church. Yes. The Bible talks about us as believers watching and praying, and the church isn't doing that. There's a lot of things that we, the church, could influence and affect if we would pray. I remember Brother Hagin years ago. Now, many of you may not know him, but he was my spiritual father, founder of the school that I attended. And back in 1970, uh, the Lord appeared to him in a vision and told him that he was holding the church responsible because she hadn't prayed as she had been asked to. And the Lord told him that a lot of the things that occurred, this is all during the Watergate thing with Nixon and that whole mess, he said a lot of those things could have been uh, um, uh, averted if the church would have prayed. Are you listening to me? He said, so I'm holding the church responsible. Well, I got to thinking about that. And a matter of fact, the truth is, is that since all of this started clear back, you know, 15, 18 months ago, the Lord has really been dealing with me about getting the church on her knees to pray. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm sorry, please forgive me. I have not done a good job in that, but I'm going to because we have a responsibility, as I said, to watch and pray. People don't think about when we're praying that you're actually watching, but it's actually a, a, a spiritual observing of what's going on so that the Spirit of God in us and through us can pray about matters where the devil is concerned so that the overcoming power of God can avert some of these things. Remember, you're salt and light. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And so if the the salt loses its savor, we're in trouble. So you and I are the preservers of life. We can impact and affect and thwart and stop so many of the things that are going on in the world today if, 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 if we will give ourselves to pray you know it is it is a sacrifice kind of small really we think it's a big deal yeah you know I don't really much feel like praying I mean yeah no that means I'm going to have to you know go back out there and you know that's a long way so I'll just pray at home you know and then the TV pops on you go well, I guess I'll watch this Never happens. Are you with me? Let's be a church that's about prayer. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And we're, so we're going to pick that up and, uh, and we're going to take that on because He wants us to. Amen. Glory to God. You know, we live in a delightsome land, everybody. You and I are blessed. Glory to God forevermore. So we can help to affect. You know, the thing is, is when everything looks like it's going sideways, our prayers can, you know, intersect with the problem, turn the thing around, and make it go in the right direction. Are you listening to me? They had Peter in jail one time, and they were going to bring him out after the feast or after the, I wouldn't call it holiday, and they holiday, and Herod intended to do the same thing to him that he had done to James, which he killed him with the sword. That means he took his head. And so after after the feast they were going to do the same thing. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12 that the church made prayer without ceasing unto God for him. So he's sleeping, you know, <clears throat> in chains or bonds between four guys, you know, and he's sleeping and all of a sudden an angel shows up. Everybody say thank God for angels. You say, are they real? Absolutely, they're real. Did you know everybody's got an angel? Amen. You ought to thank God for your angel. Because you've done a lot of dumb things. And if he hadn't stopped things, God only knows what would happen. The angel, the Bible says, kicked him, said, get up, put on thy, you know, clothes and let's roll. And the Bible says that his, the, the things that once bound him were no longer on him. And away he went. He thought he was in a trance, you know. You know, Peter was up on a rooftop earlier, and he was in a trance. He fell into a trance. And, you know, God used him to introduce the gospel to the Gentiles. Remember that whole story with Cornelius and so on and so forth? So, you know, he's not sure what's going on. But nevertheless, you know, this angel escorts him out. The Bible says the doors open of their own for them. I like this. Come on. You talk about the great I am. You talk about the greater one who indwells us. You talk about the one that can put you over in life. Hallelujah. The one that said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, this angel escorts him out there. Once they get far enough away, there's no problem. The angel disappears and he stands there and goes, wow, you would too. So he goes to the house. You know, and I don't remember what that girl's name that came to the door. She freaked out because when she heard his voice, she was so excited. Hey, this prayer thing works! And ran back in to tell everybody else. Peter's still at the door. (laughs) They finally come to the door. He says, quiet down, quiet down, middle of the night. And uh, Jesus set him free. There is power, power, wonder, working power in the blood of the Lamb. Greater, everybody say greater. Greater. Is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. The greater one indwells you. So my whole intent today was, I guess is, is to help you to become more conscious of the greater one that is in you. Because when it comes to these things, Most of the time, that's not what we think about. We're not necessarily God conscious. We're conscious about all the things that are in the world and what's going on in our lives and responsibilities we have. And that's all well and good. But guess what? There is someone who's taken up residence within you that wants to help you, that wants to guide you, that wants to provide peace for you, that wants to give you the wisdom you need for the direction that you're going. Praise God forevermore. I was driving down the road here, I think maybe about, maybe a week or 10 days ago, and I heard the Spirit of God speak to me, and he just said this to me, and I thought, man, that is wow, profound. I bet you want to know what he said. Huh? He said that if you are a person that does not live in hope or have hope, you're looking at the wrong thing. That's wrong. Amen. But you know, we live in a world right now that is hopeless, yes. huh? But listen, if you're a child of God, you are anyone but a hopeless person. So whatever it is that you are looking at, if it causes this sense of hopelessness in you, you're not looking at the right thing. Are you listening to me? Or you're not looking um, in the right place. Maybe is that... A, that You know, he is our blessed hope. Are you listening to me? So, because when people have hope, they have joy. When people have hope, they have peace. Why? Because they're looking to their future, and they look at it and view it as being bright. Well, if you look at the world that's going on right now, there ain't nothing bright about this thing. Are you listening to me? But I tell you what, in Christ Jesus, our future is bright. Now, you know, the very, very best, the wildest that you could even ever imagine is in front of you. Well, the truth is you can't even imagine it. You know, Paul was taken up into the third heaven. I don't know what that level is, but it's up there somewhere. And he said, I've seen things that I cannot even put into the English, well, Hebrew language to explain what it was like. Now, get a load of that, baby. You talk about surprise, surprise. You talk about happy birthday. Woo! That day when you get ready to go, hallelujah. Oh, happy days. You hear about it all the time. Anybody that dies and comes back, they don't want to come back. Huh? Why? Because of the glory. Because of that which is yet to come for every child of God. And we have hope not only in the life that is to come, but we have hope in this life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many are you glad you came today? So I just want to talk about living with the consciousness of His indwelling presence. And, and to walk in the light of it. You know, because when, when, when you know that he's with you and in you, it changes everything. It's, it's an incredible game changer. Because, praise God, you say, the greater one is in me. God himself indwells me and wants to put me over in life. Hallelujah. Because, you, you know, when you have the consciousness of that, you're no longer afraid. Are you with me? You know, those three Hebrew children, they didn't even have God in them. But they knew that God was with them and for them. And they said, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to debate about this. We're not going to bow down to this thing. Because our God is going to deliver us. Not, not. well, you know, we're going to throw the dice, we're going to see what happens, and hopefully he shows up. No, he, they said, he will deliver us. And then they said, and even if he doesn't, hallelujah, guess what? They were all in. Let me ask you an important uh, question this morning. Are you all in? Yes. They were all in. They said, even if he doesn't, we're never going to bow down to this golden image that you've created. Well, you know, the rest of the story, but I tell you what, God showed up. I said God showed up. I said God showed up. And you know what? The same God that showed up for them will show up for you when you take your stand in the name of Jesus and refuse, praise God, to bow down to the gods of this world. Hallelujah. So you don't have to be afraid. Everybody say glory. You no longer have to be afraid. God has not given to you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, you may be tempted to be afraid. You may be given opportunity to fear, but thank God you can pass it up. Are you listening to me? The devil gets to talking to people and lying to them. You know, the Bible says that fear has torment. Torment. And the reason it does is because so much of what fear gives to people has no substance. We've all experienced that before. We'd say, you know, we've said something. I mean, this is kind of the extreme of it all. My God, we're, we're done. We're You know, uh, shoot up a flare. It's over, whatever. Well, guess what? You're still here. Huh? Are you with me? Thank God Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you what? Free. Free, so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be a victim. We don't have to be confused and concerned about our future, because why? Our future is bright. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we can be full of joy and peace, excited about being a doer of the Word of God and hastening the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, Lord, hallelujah. We've been of glory to God. We're glad you're here. Huh? Instead of just living unto ourselves, we can live unto him. Well, I got three amens. There are more that are shaking their heads, so I'm hopeful. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And again, this points to the simple fact that we're overcomers because he indwells us. Glory to God. He puts us over. You know, and the thing is, you guys, is a lot of people, you know, as Christians, they're marginally aware of this. They don't, they don't really live with much of a consciousness that God is in them. Hallelujah. So- and not only that, but he's for you. The devil has been telling you, well, if God was for you, then blah, 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 blah. And God doesn't seem to be much for you because I can't see blah, 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 blah. Well, if you meditate and you think about all of that instead of what the Bible has to say, then you're going to do the blah, 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 blah thing. And God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to answer with what the Bible declares that is true about you. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, um, when I got saved, my my conversion was pretty dramatic. Okay? Now, let's see. Deanna may have known me. Is there anybody else who would have known me? B.C. in here? Yeah, Ted, but you didn't know me that well. (laughs) You know, I would like to say this to you, that it doesn't make any difference who it is The new birth and being born again is dramatic for everyone. Now, your lifestyle and the way you lived and all of that may have been off the charts wicked and all of that, you know. So it seems to make it more dramatic. But the reality is, is for you to pass from death unto life, that's dramatic. And so mine was very dramatic because I was a sinner in need of a savior. You say, well, how would you describe that? Well, I used to work in a packing plant with Merle Avis. I don't know if Merle's here today. Is he gone? He's not here. Merle graduated. He was my mentor when it came to how much beer you could drink. He graduated in 69. He's five years older than me, so he's training me. We were working in a packing plant. One day we went to work, 6 o'clock in the morning or whenever it was, and we got to work and there was a padlock on the gate, and they, clo- they were done. They were bankrupt. So what did we do? Now, it's early, okay? Seven o'clock in the morning, maybe. We go to the nearest grocery store or whatever and buy a case of beer to celebrate that we no longer have a job. <laughs> yeah. And we did our very best. Matter of fact, probably accomplished it. Drank the whole thing. Probably went out and did some more. You say, nah, that couldn't be you. Yeah, that was me. I was lost and undone. Jesus will mess up your life, praise God, in a good way if you'll let him. He did mine. And I got saved. I gave my heart to him. I gave him all my heart, all my soul, and all my life. No, 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 no holding back. No conditions. No cutting a deal. You want to know Jesus in a real way, then give him all of your heart and your life and your soul. If you're going to jack around with it, forget it because he doesn't do those things. But if you're serious... He'll change your life forever. And let me say one more thing while I'm talking about it, but I'm telling you this much about it. If you give your heart to Jesus, he will absolutely take you and remove you from defeat and darkness and bring blessing and success to your life. Absolutely. You know, say, well, yeah, but, you know, I see a lot of folk, you know, and they're not, they're not really experiencing all that. And that That's because there are certain decisions that they haven't been willing to make because they got stuff they still want to hang on to, and I'm not talking about any of you. Let's talk about the people that aren't here today. But you know why people don't, don't move forward is because they haven't let go whatever it is that's going on in their life. Dude, that, that, it doesn't work that way. Well, can't I just bring this along too? No. Remember Lot's wife. But if you're willing to give it up, then I tell you what, praise God, Jesus will change your life forever. And it's worth it. That's the one thing that kept me from getting saved sooner is is because I knew I needed to give my heart to Christ, but I didn't want to lose my friends. I didn't want to, you know, give up this and that and the other, you know. And I know I should, but so dumb. So foolish. Are you listening to me? So when I got saved, it was dramatic. And most people looked at me and said, that cannot be him. Matter of fact, most people thought I was a snake in the grass, a wolf in sheep's clothing, and rightfully so. But the proof of the puddings, she did. You know, when I got saved, he <laughs> didn't get no saved. He just doing the doing the deal. <laughs> but I did get saved. So the same guy that celebrated losing his job over a case of beer one night, sitting in a bar, and looks around and says, "I don't belong here. I'd never had an uh, original thought like that in my life, because I did belong there. That's why I was there." But something, someone on the inside of me said, you don't belong here. And I said it out loud. I verbally said out loud, I don't belong here. And I turned around and walked out the door and never returned. Now, as a 19-year-old kid, I suppose, yeah, I would have been 19 You say, well, you know, 19-year-olds, they do a lot of things. You know, this is just some emotional sweet pill kind of thing that happened to you, and I'm glad for you, and all that and the other. Oh, no, 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 no. You talk about real. You talk about the reality of God coming and changing a person's life. It happened to me, and it happened to countless others that are in this room here. Praise God, that's why you're here. And he's purchased you with his own blood for a divine purpose to live successfully for him. Are you listening to me? And he wants to help. You know, he wants to put you over. He wants to give you peace. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, when I got saved, like I said, it was dramatic. But you know, when I when he... Came to indwell me, he started teaching me how to live. He started teaching me how to behave. He started teaching me. I mean, it's like, how do I know these things? The reason was because he was in me. In other words, for the first time in my life, I had an intelligent thought about how I was supposed to treat her. You know, most people in the world, they live for themselves. They're taking pictures of themselves. It's all about themselves. Well, when you start living for Jesus, he starts turning your attention toward others. Huh? A new commandment I give, that you love one another. And for the first time, I have an original thought with me about how I am to treat her. Those weren't really thoughts of mine before Jesus. Because it was about me. Okay? Am I in the right house? So he'll teach you. He'll guide you. You know, if you're a husband, he'll teach you how to be a good one. You know, if you're a wife, he'll teach you how to be a good one. If you're parents, he'll teach you how to be a good parent. If you're a kid, he'll teach you how to behave. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Ghost on the inside of us. You know, I started learning how to, you know, before, man, it was just like, you know, dog eat dog, whatever, you know. I remember this. One time, I'm reading this book. I don't even know what the title of it was. And, it, you know, I was trying to talk about success and how to have success. And they said, don't, don't worry about, you know, what it is that you need to do. It will come to you. You just sit back and, and the answer will come. So I sat back and the answer came. And what the answer was start selling drugs. Was that? Well, now that's an original thought. No, it really wasn't that original. But people were doing it and they were making a lot of money. I'm buying the stuff from them. So it was kind of like hey, don't be on the end of the food chain, be on the front end, sell drugs. Came to me as clear as a bell, Bill. And I thought to myself, wow. Thank God I didn't do that. See, the devil will lead you in bad directions. Why? Because he was leading me down a path towards hell. And not only that, he was intending to ruin my life. He's already doing a pretty good job. And so he's just going to help the effort out. Are you with me? But thank God, Jesus... I said, thank God, Jesus. Yes, praise God, he came and rescued me and gave me a reason and a hope for living. Hallelujah. And it's not just for salvation. People, you know, they think, well, you know, when you get saved, well, then, you know, God's done with you. Dude, he ain't even getting just started. He's got so much more that he wants for you. Hallelujah. But he starts to teach me about business and how to carry myself and you know I got into a business with a guy that was unsaved, it was dumb. The Bible says not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Why? Because light and darkness don't mix. But I did it anyway. Why? Because I didn't like the job I was in and I wanted to do this you know and all that and the other lasted nine months. Why? Because salt and pepper are not the same. Are you with me? And I knew better. I said, I knew better. I said, I knew better. And I didn't do it. Any of you ever done that before? Sure, we all have. You know, but thank God, hopefully, we learn. But you know, the thing was, is that some of the things that were being done were unscrupulous. They weren't honest. They weren't right. I'm a believer. I said, You can't, we can't do that. Oh, yeah, we can do it. Nobody will ever know. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the Bible says to provide things honest in the sight of all men. You know, and then, and so I'm learning how to live my life righteously, and then I become the pastor of a church. Well, guess what? You got to live right. If you're going to be the pastor, I don't know if you knew that or not, you know, but yeah, you better you better fly down the road the right direction. But, you, you know, as a young, we were so young and so impressionable, and we got people, you know, that are telling us this and that and the other. But on the inside of me, there's stuff that people are telling us, and their motives are not right. And the greater one on the inside of me and us is saying, uh-uh. Oh, but it sounds so good. You could this, you could that, you could do the other. And we chose not to. See, God will do these things for you. I'm going to brag on Tim Hoskins because he's got a business and and works doing roofs and siding and all that. So if you need something, go to him. But I tell you what, dude, I've watched this guy. And I've recognized that he always, everybody say always, Always. takes the high road when it comes to his dealings and business with people. And, yes, did I get a witness? Yeah, oh, that's Cindy, his wife. Of course, we're going to get something (laughs) out of her. But he does. And that's what he's known for. And I tell you what, praise God. And I, I will guarantee you that he is probably eight things, you know what I mean by that, that he really was not responsible to eat and did it anyway. Are you with me? But you know, when you start practicing these things in your life, you know, because you're a child of God, I guarantee you that payday will come for you. And it has. Are you with me? See, Jesus will teach you how to live if you'll just listen. Amen. And you won't have to live in fear. I'm talking about the greater one who indwells you, you know, because he wants to talk to you. He wants to show you, wants to guide you. You say, well, I don't know nothing about that. Well, praise God, it's time to learn. Amen. You know, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. See, God wants us to be led by his spirit. You say, well, what is that like? I mean, how does that happen? Well, the Bible makes it clear that we have a witness of the spirit on the inside of us. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. So there's a witness, and all of you have experienced this before. You know, if you're a believer, there's been times in your life when something's come up and you've just said to yourself, I, I don't think that, I don't know how I know, but I know that's not the right thing to do. How many of you can attest to that? Because that's the Holy Ghost. And he's trying to guide you into the truth. Amen? You know? I remember I t- I share this story. I'm not proud of it because it's terrible. You know, but I had a tenant in one of our houses and she was r- creating some real problems. And, dude, I went off on her. Okay? You say, do, do pastors really do that? Yep. <laughs> and I was so ashamed. But I tell you what, it, it, well, it doesn't matter. It was bad. So she was wrong, but so was I. You know, you can you can be right and still be wrong. I didn't need to, you know, get all over her mess and whatever and this and that and the other the way that I did. I just let my flesh control me because I'd had multiple dealings with them. How many of you have ever had multiple dealings with someone and your grace runs out? (laughs) Ran out. So I go home. My wife's made supper, waiting. We're having supper together. And dude, I tell you what, I am so smitten in my heart. You can ask her. I mean, that was the worst meal I ever ate, not because of her. But I, just, I finally said, i got to go back. I said, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, 7 o'clock at night. And I said, i got to go back. And I have to apologize. I have to ask this woman to forgive me. Even though what, what we were dealing with, she was not right, but neither was I. You with me? See, husbands, wives, ooh, it's going to get close now. But, you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And you, here's, there's only one solution. You need to repent. You need to apologize. You need to say these beautiful, wonderful words, I'm sorry, and mean it. Not a, well, I'm sorry. You know. Because guess what? She or he can tell right away whether how sincere that whole deal was. Come on, am I in the right house? Well, back to the woman that I had to go repent to. She was from Spain, and she was, you know, she was, she was out of her element. She was, you know, there was a lot of things that were going on in her life. matter of fact, she didn't stay and all kinds of things. But I came, I opened up the door, and this is what she did, you guys. I knocked on the door, rang the doorbell. I knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and she backed up because she wasn't really sure what was going to happen. And I said, I can't remember her name now, but I just said, you know, I, I want to come and I want to tell you how very sorry I am. And I want to apologize to you. And I want to ask you to forgive me because the way in which I said what I said was not right whatsoever. And she's standing there. Now, again, she's not sure what she's going to get. She's standing there and she says, well... I accept your apologies, but you are a very big man, you know. I mean, I don't know if she thought I was going to wail on her or what, you know. I don't know. You say, does that really happen? Yeah, it happens. Don't be telling me about, you know, don't be judging me about my mistakes, you hot rod, because I will guarantee you, you know, there's all of you. You had some stuff going on too. Come on. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're not quite perfect yet. Well, what's my point to the story so that I can just expose my, my uh, uh, you know, weaknesses? No, I'm telling you that so that you can understand that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty that will give you understanding. Are you with me? So I repented to her, I repented to God, and I'm good to go. Okay? Made a mistake, but at least I corrected it, you know? Some of you, you got stuff going on in your lives where your marriages are concerned, and you're not fixing it. You think it's just going to go away. It's not going to go away. Huh? It's going to sit there, and it's going to fester. And people, you know, their lives are less than what they could be because of those matters. Are you with me? Well, you know, I'm afraid to face it. I'm afraid to deal with it. I'm afraid to, you know, whatever. Stop being afraid and deal with it. Are you with me? And then you'll get blessed. I mean, you're glad you came. Can't really believe it's 11 o'clock already. Praise God. So, so <laughs> how about doing taxes? I'm sure there won't be many, many amens. But, you know, we're responsible to pay our taxes. Some people, Christians, don't pay their taxes. And guess what? That's sin. Yeah, get out your hanky and, you know, shout a little bit over that. Now, you don't need to pay them any more than you have to pay them. I mean, whatever it is that you have in the way of, you know, uh, what do you call them? Huh? Deductions. Get all you can. I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, baby, you know, the Bible tells you that you're responsible to do it. Amen. Jesus paid taxes. You say, "Yeah, but I ain't had no fish with stuff in their mouth to help me out in this area." I'm just saying. You know, I. I you know, the thing. is, uh, No, you. you could. You, know, you. You don't have to tell them about that. You know. Listen. You better be careful. Because that leads to this, and this, and this, and this, and, this, and then you compromise and you make all kinds of poor decisions. And then you wonder how come you got hell going on in your house and in your life in other places. You say, wow, man, what a Sunday morning, July the 11th. (laughs) But we're talking about being... See, the thing is, man, I don't want nothing between me and my Heavenly Father. And if I'm not doing right... Then I got to get that straightened out. Are you with me? Because why? Because I want the bless. Tithing's another great example. People they make all kinds of you know um, excuses if you want to call it that for not doing that. Dude, my wife and I I cannot imagine not being a tither. Okay. That's, where, that's just where I am. Why? Because the Bible says, God himself said, he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I will command my blessing on your storehouses. Listen, I like that. So when I'm tempted not to tithe, I double up. Because I know that anything that is telling you know, you got a lot of bills coming up, and you may not be able to do this and that and the other and to whatever, and so uh, maybe you want to think that's when I double up. Because I know that's not God. Huh? When I'm short is when I need to be giving. Boy, this is such exciting, such an exciting theme and study and 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 subject I could tell. You guys are just like up on your edge of your seats going, Glory to God. Huh? Anything the devil tells you that moves you away from God, you need to do the exact opposite. You say, When is this going to get over? When I quit. I tell you what, God wants the best for us. How many of you believe that? But we got to do it His way. Are you with me? Yeah, praise God. (laughs) Yeah, amen. He said He'd come and make His abode in us. The Bible says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Do you know God's with you wherever you go? He sees everything that we do. He hears every conversation that we have. He knows all about these things. Another place he said, he said know you not that you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? You know, it's just like in the context of this that you're the temple of God, the Bible says that we are to live our lives in sanctification to God. But we got a world and a culture that we're living in, man, and they are so full of immorality, it is just unbelievable. The cesspool that people find themselves swimming in, and they think it's great. And it's not great, because it will destroy you. You know, sin has pleasure for a season, but I tell you what, sooner or later, the chickens come home to roost. You parents, you tell your kids to stay pure. And give them the reasons why. So that they can live long on the earth. So that they can be blessed of God. Are you with me? When my wife and I were young, we had a Bible study. I don't think, yeah, we were just married. And you know, we had all these young kids coming to this Bible study. It was awesome. You know, people are getting saved, turned on to the Word. We're excited about God. I had this one individual who came up to me one night. And, and he was messing around on the creek bank with an unbelieving girl. And he, he, he said, you know, and I'm young. I don't know a whole lot. You know, I'm just kind of getting my way. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He says, so, so what do you think about dating an unbeliever? Simple enough question, right? I really didn't know what to answer, how to answer. I mean, I knew what I knew, but this is just like God. And, he, and I, I turned to him and I said, I don't know. What do you think? Because he already knew. He just wanted me to agree that it was okay. You know, in the Old Testament, God told the nation of Israel, said, don't don't give your daughters to to the heathen men because they'll draw them away. And don't give your men to the heathen girls because they'll draw them away. That's what happened to Solomon. Are you with me? Now, I know that's difficult. I mean, you know, as a parent... You know, and, and you're, you know, guiding your children and things like that. But he said, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What fellowship or, or communion has Christ with, with the devil? You know, and I'm not, ta- I'm not saying they're the devil. But, you know, they'll lead your children away. They'll draw them away. So this person that I'm telling you about that asked me the question, he starts dating her, he marries her, and they get divorced. It's an unhappy Outcome, why, because light and darkness they don't go together. Are you with me and I understand my daughter's a very good example of this, you know where she had to wait and she and she dated some really good guys I mean good guys how 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 do I say that? decent guys more, i mean Um, character-wise, good guy, but they weren't saved. And they, in other words, they weren't all in, let's put it that way. And so she had to say no. And it was hard, you know, really hard. And here's a daughter that you're watching with a broken heart because of her decision to make this hard decision, And yet, praise God, you know, it was the right decision. How many of you know sometimes decisions are not easy? They are hard. And you have to talk to your kids about how difficult and hard it can be. But I tell you what, this little cat from Norway, Boaz, showed up. are you listening to me? Matter of fact, let's have a pause. This is my daughter and her husband. Would you like to introduce somebody to us? Who is he? Liam James. Amen. Little blessing. How much does he weigh now? You don't know, huh? A lot more. Yeah, amen. Let's give him a big hand. Praise God. I'm telling off on you, honey. I don't know whether you've been listening or not, but, but um, there's the result, Boaz. Yeah, Boaz. <laughs> amen. What do I mean by that? Somebody that loves God. Somebody that fears God. Somebody that's going to take the household and lead them in the way towards God. Are you with me? Amen. That's what you want. I said, Noah, that's what you want. You be a leader, buddy. God has got supernatural things in store for you, buddy. He loves your heart. And I tell you what, some really, really good things are in store for you. They are. Praise God. You know, it doesn't cost. It pays to obey God and to do His will. Now, my daughter, she had to wait a while. I don't know what Glenn was doing. He was dinking around. Trying to figure out what, which ends up, yeah. But he finally got a clue. Actually, no, it was. Well, actually, Angela, you were in on that, weren't you? Yeah, little, little, you know, what do they call them people? Matchmaker. Yeah, glory to God. Amen. Where was I? We need, okay, let me say this to you. Let's learn to follow the Holy Ghost. He's in there. Look to him. He'll show you, he'll guide you. You know, praise God, you know. And if nothing else say, God, I want to be led by you. I want to follow your path. I want to do what it is you want me to do. But the thing so often is is that you know, we live so in the natural. And I don't mean, you know, some kind of spooky kind of deal like that, but you know, we're we're so conscious of our natural surroundings our our body or we're body conscious about things you know we're conscious of the things that only the things sometimes that affect our natural lives you know responsibilities all that and and it has its place but it's so controlling does that do you understand what I mean so we don't come apart or come aside and, and spend some time praying or maybe having some time, you know, just to study the Word of God. Because the Spirit and the Word agree. And if you expose yourself to the Word, it is the Spirit of God that is teaching and instructing and helping you. But, you know, we, ha- we have natural concerns and we have, you know, uh, we're, we're concerned about what people think about us. Boy, we need to get delivered there. You know, social matters. Everybody wants to be accepted. But here's another thing about it. You know, a lot of people today, they're, not, they're, 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 they're wondering, are people thinking about me? Because they want them to be. Huh? You see all these news feeds and all these people are out there, you know. Why? Because they want people thinking about them. Hallelujah. So it's, it's the whole popularity thing. So, and these things begin to drive behavior. You ask yourself, well, why in the world do people think like that? Why do people act like that? Because that's what they're conscious of. Are you with me? Um, <clears throat> I'll just I'll close with this because I think it has relevance. My wife and I grew up in two different families, okay? How many of you grew up in two different families, huh? How many of you, when you married into the family, you got to know the other one, you go, wow. Don't answer that question. Okay. We grew up in two different families. My, and I'm talking about being conscious of God. Okay. I grew up in a family that uh, beer drinking was king. Okay? My dad died prematurely, many of you know, uh, of uh, cirrhosis of the liver. He drank like a fish. Okay? He owned a bar until some guy fell asleep in a semi-truck and drove through the front door. And then he sold it to the legion, and he went to farming, you know. But he still had the problem. And all of my brothers were all a part of that whole thing. One of my brothers lost his marriage because of it, became an alcoholic. Thank God he got saved, turned on to the Word of God, got delivered. Amen. Isn't God's grace so amazing? Huh? So, so I grew up in a family, essentially, that was not conscious of God on any level. We were E and You know what that is? Easter and Christmas. That's it. Why do we go to church on Christmas? To get a bag full of candy and some peanuts. You know, whatever. You know that was the highlight. (laughs) In other words, in my family, there was no heart towards the things of God. It doesn't mean that they they weren't respectful. You know, because the thing is, in, in decades gone by, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting a little older now. But let's just say, before, people could be not too much a sympathizer or an embracer of the church or anything, but they were still respectful of the church. My wife and I were watching Space Cowboys last night. And James Garner was playing a Baptist preacher. And uh, and he was one of them that was going to go up into his face. And I found it interesting because in the context of this, before they took off, uh, Clint Eastwood says, well, preacher, maybe we ought to have a prayer. And then and then the people down in the control were making reference to reverend, you know. In other words, at least it was respectful. That's my point. Now, you don't see none of that. <laughs> it's not written into any, you know, storyline whatsoever. So So we were respectful, but we didn't. We didn't care about things of God now, and then there's her. she grows up in this family that they go to church what every sunday okay and uh um, um, so it's a whole different deal. Are you with me? and I walk into this thing. I remember the first time that I ever went to her house and uh we were having a meal, and it was a sit-down meal. And it was like China, you know, real nice stuff, and glasses that you didn't really even want to touch because you thought you might break them, you know. And, dude, I'm nervous in the service, okay? And I'm in this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to this thing, and blow and behold, we get our, I guess, we sat down, and <laughs> you remember this? Dude. You know, everything's this fine china and all this and that and the other. And they had these, t- these chairs that didn't amount to anything. And, dude, I broke the chair. <laughs> and thank God her dad came to my rescue. Oh, you know, we were thinking about replacing them anyway, you know. They're just not that whatever, 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 you know. He's trying to cover it up. And, man, I you know, broke the chair. But it was a completely different environment. I mean, you know, and at least they had her mother. Her her mother grew up, I think uh, we were just talking about last night, Her, her grandmother was a Pentecostal, you know. And there was what, six of them in that family? Seven? Yeah, there were seven of them in the family, and half of them were Pentecostal and half of them weren't, you know. Now, I don't know how that all works out. I don't even really care at this point. But at least, you know, her mother, you know, feared God and knew him. You know, now Raymond, I don't know, this is her dad, you know, he was a good man, you know, and and morally right and a hard worker and all of those things. But, you know, when it came right down to it, he didn't know whether he had a relationship with God. And I had the privilege of praying the sinner's prayer with him so that he could be saved and know that heaven would be his home. Are you listening to me? So the thing, the reason that I use these contrasting things is to simply say, you know, that, you know, people, people, people got all kind of things going on in their lives about how they're going to live. But you, you get to choose. And I want to encourage you, praise God, that I want you to live with a consciousness of him. What would you, you know, we got the WWJJDD or whatever it is, you know, brands that they used to used to have or whatever. Well, it's a good question. What would Jesus do? Are you with me? And I tell you what, praise God, if you'll learn to follow him and look to him. You know, listen, nothing that is going on in your life right now, nothing is irreparable to the great I am. He can fix it. And if we'll look to him, Praise God, he'll do it. Everybody say it together. The best, the best is yet to come. I tell you, God has great things in store for you. Let's everybody stand. We've got to quit. <clears throat> Does anybody know whether the uh, Virgin Galactica got off the ground? Huh? Anybody know? You say, well, I didn't even know Virgin Galactica was going off the ground. Well, they were. You say, what a time for you to bring that up. That's true. You're absolutely right. But we can talk about that later. Praise God. Father, we love you today. And God, I'm so grateful for these, your people. There are people, Father God, who both know you and love you. And Father God, I know that you want the best for them. So to the best of our ability, we've endeavored to... um, move them towards a consciousness of you father i'm so glad that you're real in our lives and that you want to guide us into all the truth so father i pray for them and even those that aren't present here today that god by the spirit of god that you will begin to lead us and teach all of us in the way in which you would have us to go Father, I thank you for helping men and women, and even boys and girls, Father, to draw near and near to you, to look to you, Father God, for wisdom and guidance where their lives are concerned. And Father, I wanna thank you right now for the blessing of God in every home, every life, every person, Father God, that is here today. Hallelujah. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for people that are afraid. Now, you know, what we're afraid of um, can be uh, well, it can be all over the place and that doesn't matter. But I tell you, God wants to minister to you and wants to set you free and wants to deliver you from fear because he has not given you the spirit of fear. You say, yes, but I just don't understand or I'm concerned about this or I'm afraid this or whatever. Well, I'm just telling you that what it is that you are embracing or thinking about or experiencing is not from him. And that God wants to replace that fear with his peace and his trust. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, we're not going to, you know, make a big deal out of this, but, you know, God wants to speak to you, He wants to minister to you, and He wants to do something in your heart and mind, right where you stand, praise God, today, as only He can. So while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you've been dealing with fear Maybe fear about a relationship. It may be about a fear of future or whatever it is. And you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayer. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Yes, you can put your hand down once you've raised it. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Yeah, ma'am. Thank you. See that hand. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone else? Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll just wait just for a moment here. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, you've seen these hands that have been raised and the lives that they represent. And I'm so ever thankful, Father God, that you, in fact, have not given them the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, Father, as they acknowledge their need here in this house today, and there may even be those, Father, that are watching by Internet to find themselves in a place where they're dominated by fearful thoughts and things, Father, that cause them to be afraid. Father, I want to thank you right now by your power that, Father God, you will come to the aid of each and every person that this represents. And I thank you, Father God, for your blessing in their lives right now. I thank you for coming to them. All the congregation, please pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today is a day I come to you to give you everything I'm afraid of. And I thank you, Lord, that I have no need to be afraid. You said in your word to cast my care onto you because you care for me help me Lord to see as you see let hope arise and faith in my heart to stand against what the devil means for evil and I thank you Lord for your blessing in my life in the name of Jesus And now I take authority over the spirit of fear in every life that is represented by their uplifted hand in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I command you to cease and desist in your maneuver against them. Father, I thank you for illuminating their life, their path, their mind, their heart. Help them, Father, to see as you see and God, I want to thank you, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just receive his peace right now. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We don't have to know how or when, but we know, Father, you'll bring it to pass. So we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. While your heads are still bowed, your eyes are closed, if no one's uh, looking around, please, if you uh, have never asked Christ to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life. I assume we're pretty much amongst our own, but if you happen to be here and you say, hey, Pastor, I I I don't know him, but I want to. I want to be born again. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look? Praise God. Anyone at all? Amen. Are you raising your hand, young man? All right, you can put your hand down. Anybody else? You want to know Jesus? Hallelujah. Well, all right, while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, church, I want you to pray with me out loud, and let's help this individual find their lives in Christ. Say this with me. Dear Father in heaven, I come to you today, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. God bless you. Thank you.